Hello and welcome to Design Considerations. My name is Ed Bray and I will be your host for today's discussion titled Polymers, Potting, Coatings and Adhesives. I'm a technical sales and applications engineer with AEM Group located in Raleigh, North Carolina. Today I will be talking with Brian Hansen. Brian is currently the Vice President of Sales at EFI Polymers and has been focused on polymers for over 10 years. He is a member of the Surface Mount Technology Association and has given technical talks on polymers on behalf of that group. Brian's alma mater is the University of Minnesota, where he holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in Business Management. Hi, Brian. Thank you for taking time today to help us understand more about using polymers for potting, coatings, and adhesives. Uh, thank you, Ed. It's a pleasure to get to share on the subject. So um, when facing a design that will need to be physically protected, what are some of the things that we should think about? Uh, well, there's dozens of things uh, to consider when you need to protect electronics, but it's imperative to start thinking about it at the beginning of the process, if you can. All too often, uh, we see engineers at the end of the design process, and they end up spending a lot of time um, and trying to make potting or coating work in an application that never even considered the possibility or it was an afterthought. Um, I'm not saying that we need to adapt the entire design process to, the, to how we're protecting it, um, but engaging electronics protection experts and suppliers at the beginning can save a lot of time and money and, and hassle at the end. Sure, sure. Well, what are some of the recommendations that you would make? Um, so there's some cheap and easy things that can be considered in the initial design phase um, that can make all the difference in the end. Potting is the best example of this. If you know you're going to be potting something, understand that air escape is going to be necessary. Um, this can come via holes in your PCB, a little extra room between your enclosure and the, ed and the edge of your board. Um, and if you want protections around all sides of your boards, you know, or your component or your sensor, etc., um, you need to consider how the potting material is going to flow and reach every corner and how it's going to get around those corners. Counting for these things at the beginning is monumentally easier than a design change late in the game. Sure, I can imagine. So, um, okay, so assuming a designer has protection in mind from the start, what are the, some of the other things that he would consider? Sure. So this being the only thing in my life that I know really anything about, I could take hours and hours answering this. But in the interest of time, there's probably two major things to consider up front. Uh, once you've considered the more subtle things like the potting considerations I mentioned earlier, or the surfaces you wanna bond to, um, and by the way, this applies to potting, coating, and adhesives, uh, low surface energy substrates are harder to bond to, like a polypropylene uh, would be really hard to bond to, but we can. Um, but manufacturing should really be considered. Uh, whether you're going to produce this part yourself, or you're gonna have a CM do it, you can mitigate a lot of cost and difficulty and help repeatability if you consider how it's going to be manufactured. Um, most of these materials can be applied in a myriad of ways, um, from mixing and applying it by hand uh, up to fully automated integration, integrated production equipment. But understanding that even the world's, um, or you need to understand that even the world's most advanced contract manufacturers might still do this particular process in a somewhat manual way. Um, so I urge designers to explore this when they're looking at circuit protection. Try to understand how the material will be applied in manufacturing. 
Usually the people supplying you the materials are willing and able to help you through this. Um, and additionally, processing is at least half the battle in this world. Uh, you know, we worry a lot about chemistry and performance, but how you actually gonna use it in the real world is a lot of the battle. And a lot of these materials will need lots, will need differing degrees of time or heat to cure to perform. And so we've seen people end up with what they thought was the perfect material, only to realize that it needed to be cured at a temperature that a component on their board could not handle. Mm. Okay, so manufacturability is huge, but what is the second major thing to consider? Uh, yeah, it, it seems simple, but what do you really want the material to do at the end of the day? What are the, what are the nice-to-haves, the must-haves, and the needs-to-haves? Um, we see a lot of design, designers that have done some research and decided they need a highly expensive uh, one-part silicone potting material with a thermal conductivity of five watts per meter K and everything under the sun. My advice is to lay out your requirements um, to your suppliers and forget about specific chemistries, certain data sheet values, et cetera. And I say this for two reasons. One, um, the limits of what's possible in certain chemistry backbones have been pushed to a large degree. What was true seven or eight years ago is probably not true today. What was true two years ago might not be true today. Um, ULRTI ratings are a really great example of this. Today, you can find polyurethanes at a rate that have a ULRTI rating of 120, even 130 degrees C. Um, and a lot of people have a number in their head which is much lower than that. Um, so it's very possible you could get everything you wanted in that super high-speed silicone uh, that that a more straightforward urethane will cure for you in, for a lot less cost and hassle than getting that silicone in. And then and number two, um, many of the values you see on those data sheets are not going to translate to most real-world applications. Things like glass transition, hardness, dielectric strength, they'll get you in the ballpark you know, but things like thermal conductivity or other values can be highly misleading and, and totally irrelevant to what you're actually gonna see in your application. And this is all to say, you know, once you know you need some protection, stay focused on exactly what you need the material to do. This opens you up to be presented with a complete material that will not only solve your problem, but may even open you up for freedom of design in other ways. You know, companies like ours and, and a lot of uh, others are constantly formulating. You know, on a weekly basis, we're formulating new materials to try to keep up with the needs of hardware in all industries. Um, so many of the really good materials that might actually solve your problem aren't even findable on Google. They mm -hmm. won't even be on supplier websites. Um, it, you know, there may be some material that someone is developing for automotive battery packs or, or, or high voltage electronics um, that would be a perfect fit for what you're doing in a completely different design. Um, so if you focus on just the performance aspects on those, on those very specific data sheet values only, then you'll only get those solutions. So if, if you get way down the path because of some notion you had about what you're going to have to settle for, you'll likely end up doing just that. Mm. Thanks, Brian. Um, any parting thoughts or advice? Further advice on this subject? Um, yes. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Not only in selecting materials, but in qualifying them too. And not only qualifying them at the prototype phase, but on your line in production. 
Um, th there's this urge in every market to fit customers into the most convenient box for the supplier. Um, and that is no different in, in the polymeric protection materials industry that, that, that I work in. You know, we see so many engineers using a material that's, that's easy and cheap for the supplier to make, um, but not really what would be the best fit for their application. Um, many suppliers out there have labs and technical teams that are ready to assist you in that. Um, the more you do this, the more you see that there's a really broad selection and spectrum uh, in this world. And one more thing in this vein, if I may, is, is be careful with samples. And this goes to a larger point that um, we may not have time to, to, to totally unpack, but in most cases, you are, you're creating and controlling a chemical reaction inside your application. So um, although you should be safe when you're doing that, of course, that isn't really what I'm talking about here. I've seen people you know, fail trials for reasons that weren't the material itself, but a result of improper processing of the material. So whether it, whether it be not getting the material to the right temperature or not getting a complete mix or you name it, um, these processes can be controlled, but they aren't always intuitive. So always engage a supplier for guidance or, or, or assistance. And, and to expand a little bit on that, on the, on the sample processing, there are a lot of places where we can make fatal mistakes with processing, potting, or adhesives. Um, and a good supplier will insist on, on doing one of three things with you or for you. One, being on site to help process the sample material. Two, accept your parts into their lab and to fill or bond them under controlled conditions. Or three, you know, in the age of COVID, um, work with you over a video conference as you do it in real time. There's just a ton of nuance as to how materials like these are handled. Um, most potting materials and a good chunk of adhesives, the ones that will really be good performance, are going to be two-part systems, A and B. Um, they must be mixed to exact ratios. Now, in a production environment, a machine will do that for you. Um, a, a, meter, a good meter mix dispense machine will do that for you and control that for you. But hand pouring of samples takes a lot more experience to get that right. Um, some potting systems will require, you know, preheating of both the resin and the part. Um, if these systems are filled, there's a, that's a whole other variable. The mixing of these materials itself is a much bigger deal than it may seem. Um, and we see this issue frequently. Customers call us and they assume that they have a quality issue because the materials aren't fully curing. Um, nine times out of 10, this is a ratio or mixing issue. An old adage goes something, something like this. However long you think you should mix it, do that times five. Um, and your material supplier should have a bag of tools they can bring to ensure proper, proper mixing, weighing, and application. And if you aren't using materials like this all the time, uh, be wary of a supplier that will just send you a sample and say, hey, let us know how it goes. Because um, there, there's an equal chance that they'll be just as hands-off when you have an issue. And again, I'll stress that most of these materials are relatively easily automated in production settings, but we humans can have difficulty replicating that. Most higher performance potting and adhesives are not as forgiving as the ones that you buy at a hardware store. Uh, they'll do what they say, but they don't have a super wide range of process variation. So most 
suppliers will make a small sample of that material they used with you and bring it back to their lab for some easy tests to verify it was processed correctly. Um, the bottom line is really this. There, there's a degree of black magic to a lot of these polymeric materials, especially when they're being processed by hand in a prototype environment. I highly recommend having help from a pro, uh, whether that be on-site assistance or in their lab, that's the best way to simulate a production part. Mm. Well, Brian, you've given us a lot to consider. Thank you again for taking time to help us understand more about how to protect circuits using polymers for potting, coatings, and adhesives. And thank you for listening. If you would like to be added to our mailing list, would like a copy of the transcript, or have topics you would like to hear discussed, go to our website, aemgrp.com, and submit under the contact tab. Next time in our circuit protection series, we will be discussing enclosures. Until that time, may your designs be safe, robust, and efficient. Goodbye for now.